0: Welcome to Social Stupidity, the podcast that tries to make sense out of the stupid stuff people post online. In case you haven't noticed, stupidity is running rapid, y'all. But don't worry, to get you through it all, here's your host, Anthony McNeil. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Social Stupidity, the podcast. Once again, it's me, your boy, Anthony McNeil, your host. I appreciate you tuning in and listening to the podcast and showing support. Before I get started with today's subject, I always have my little disclaimer that I have to give. And that is very simply that if you are easily offended, if you're always off in your feelings, if you're looking for someone that's politically correct and tell you what you want to hear instead of how things should be, then this ain't the podcast for you. Now, if you choose not to listen to the podcast any further because you happen to fall into one of those three categories, no hard feelings. Just don't let the doorknob hit you in the ass on the way out. If you don't fall into one of those categories and you continue to listen, hey, I appreciate the support. You know who else can let the doorknob hit them in the ass on the way out? Ray Cicerelli. You're probably like, who the hell is Ray Cicerelli? Ray Cicerelli is a 50-year-old part-time NASCAR truck driver slash team owner. He started racing in NASCAR in 2017. He raced in 18 races over the last three years, and his best finish was in 2019 when he finished 33rd. Up until a couple of weeks ago, nobody knew who the hell Ray Cicerelli was. Because of a recent Facebook post that he made or his wife made on his Facebook profile, he gained more notice because of that post than he did in his entire NASCAR career to show you how significant he is in NASCAR. I'm going to go ahead and read the post to you. Quote, It's been a fun ride and dream come true, but if that's the direction NASCAR is headed, we will not participate after the 2020 season is over. I don't believe in kneeling during the, during the anthem, nor taking people right to fly whatever flag they love. I could care less about the Confederate flag, but there are people that do, and it doesn't make them, ra- make them a racist. All you are doing is fucking one group to cater to another. And I ain't spend the money we are participating in any political BS. Yes, I read that correctly. So everything is for sale. Sarah Cicerelli, end quote. What this post was about was the recent decision of NASCAR as an organization to ban the Confederate flag at their racetracks and other events. Well, apparently that didn't sit well with Mr. Cicerelli and his wife because they're packing up their shit and they're going home, which is fine with us because, as I said, they've done very little to contribute to the sport of NASCAR. Before I continue, let me just go ahead and tell you that I'm a huge fan of NASCAR. I have been a huge fan of NASCAR for the last hell, probably 30 plus years. I know it's rare to have someone of my color involved in NASCAR as a fan, but I'll get into that more later. But at first, I want to go ahead and break down this post. The first thing they says is that it's been a wild ride and a dream come true. But if that's the direction NASCAR is headed, we will not participate after the 2020 season is over. My question is, if you're that fucking offended, why wait till the end of the season? Take your shit and go home now. If it bothers you that much, pack up your shit and leave. You won't be missed. I can guarantee you that. She goes on. I don't believe in kneeling during, during the anthem, nor taking people's right to fly whatever flag they love. I could care less about the Confederate flag, but there are people that do, and it doesn't make them a racist. She's right. Just because you love the Confederate flag doesn't necessarily make you a racist. But when you look at the history of that flag, most people that like that flag are racist. So you can take that statement any way you like. Most people that carry that flag, I'm going to go on the line and say that they're probably just a a teeny-weeny bit racist. Because if you're celebrating the flag because of heritage, which is often the argument, what kind of heritage is that? The confederate got their ass kicked. I mean, if you want to celebrate a loser, then, hey, more power to you. But that's on you. The next thing she says is that all you are doing is fucking one group to cater to another. Well, that one group that she's talking about fucking is white people. And the other group that she's talking about catering to is black people. Does that not sound racist to you? It shit does to me. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know how many people know the history of the Confederate flag, Um, but I want to give you a little bit of a history lesson, not just on the flag, but also on NASCAR. You may or may not know some of these things, but I always try to give you some value when I do these episodes and I don't want to just make it a rant about, you know, some stupid shit that's online because you get bombarded with that every day. I would like to try to break all this shit down and try to give you a little bit of value and some substance, and today I want to do that uh, by providing a little bit of history on the Confederate flag and NASCAR itself. Now regarding the flag, the flag flag was designed in 1861 by a Confederate politician by the name of William Miles. It is well known that Mr. Miles was a very pro-slavery extremist. A couple of things that you may not know about the flag The flag that we know today is not actually the Confederate flag that represented the Federation back then during the Civil War times. The the Confederation, they had maybe, shit, four or five, if not more, different flags. They couldn't make up their minds which ones that they wanted. But the flag that we know today, that flag was actually what is called a battle flag flag which was flown by the Northern Virginia Army, which was led by General Robert E. Lee. And after the war, the flag kind of went dormant. You know, no one really gave a shit about it. And it didn't really resurface until 1948. And that's when a group of Southern Democrats known as Dixiecrats, they decided to pull the flag back out and have it represent their party. Now, you know, decades after that, after 48, you know, the flag has always been the symbol for those who opposed integration. And it's been like I said earlier, it's been the flag of choice by many white supremacist groups, KKK, neo-Nazis, you name it. They all tend to gravitate towards that flag. So when Miss Sarah Cicerelli says that just because you love the flag doesn't make you a racist. Again, that may be true, but it's kind of hard to not put someone in that category when the flag itself has been associated with nothing more than racism. Here's a little bit of a side note. Back, I don't remember the exact years, but there were many different Southern states that decided to incorporate the Confederate symbol into their state flags. And up until recently, All of the states have decided to remove that symbol with the exception of one, and that's the state of Mississippi. The Confederate flag as we know it today is still a part of the Mississippi state flag, which tells you a lot about the state of Mississippi. Now, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of uh, the history of NASCAR, more particularly black folks involvement in NASCAR, because I think this is a bit of history that a lot of people don't know. As I said, I'm a huge fan of NASCAR, always been a fan, always will be a fan. I love all motorsports, but I am not the typical NASCAR fan by any means. NASCAR's fan base has always been mostly made up of white men, lower and middle income from the South. That's who mostly made up the NASCAR fan base for, for years, pretty much since NASCAR been in existence. And it's funny, coincidence, but NASCAR also started in 1948 when the flag made its reappearance. Not saying that the two are related, but it's quite a coincidence. And from a black perspective, a name that you may not have heard before is a gentleman by the name of Mr. Wendell Scott. He was born in 1921 in Danville, Virginia. And Mr. Scott was the first black to race in NASCAR. And he got his start in NASCAR. He used to run moonshine. And he was damn good at running moonshine. I guess it helped with his driving skills because there was a local track promoter that was looking for a black driver to to come out and race in some NASCAR events. I guess he was trying to bring more black folks out to, to the races. And he went to a local police department to ask, do you have any one that you can recommend? And they mentioned Mr. Scott because of his history of escaping them while running moonshine. Wendell raced in his first race in 1961. He went on the race for many years in NASCAR. He raced in over 517 races. He had one win, 147 top 10 finishes, and one pole. Pole is when you have to qualify for. Each race to to determine the position that you're going to start in and whoever has the fastest lap, then they get to start inside of the first row, which is the pole position. And he accomplished he managed to accomplish that one time. Now, he had his first his one and only win came about in 1964 and it was at the Jacksonville 200. And here's a a interesting side note about Mr. Scott's win. During that race, he never received a trophy for the win. To this day, he has not received a trophy for winning that race. I mean, he's he has since passed from cancer, but he has he never received a trophy for 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 his victory of that race. There was a white driver by the name of Buck Baker. He was named as the winner of that race, and it was clear that Wendell won that race. But because of the uproar what it caused with all the fans and everything that a black man won that race, the promoters decided to give the win to Mr. Baker. Well, it wasn't until hours after everyone was gone that they decided to reverse that. And they said that Wendell was, in fact, the winner. But like I said, he never did get a trophy. Now, I I did read read something recently that his family, his grandkids are fighting to get that trophy. Apparently, Mr. Baker got the trophy and he decided that he was going to keep it. Mr. Scott was inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame back in 1999. And in 2015, he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And there is a really great movie, probably one of my all time favorite movies called Grease Lightning, which stars Richard Pryor. It came out in 1977 and Richard Pryor plays Wendell Scott. I highly encourage you to go and check it out. It's a great movie. Um, like I said, it was one of my favorite movies. Another black driver that you may have heard of if you're in, if you're in racing, then I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him, but it was a gentleman by the name of Willie T. Ribbs. Yes, that was his last name. Willie T. Ribbs. And when, uh, Willie, Raced in four NASCAR races. He only raced in four NASCAR races in 1986. And he was invited to race at the Talladega Speedway in Talladega, Alabama, which is in the heart of of the South back in 1978. Well, he never got a chance to race in that race because there were so many threats that came in against his life that the promoter felt that it was not safe for him to participate. He had so many fans calling in <laughs> stating that they were going to kill Willie if he if he ran in that race. So the promoter thought twice about it and they pulled him out. He was invited to that race because Mr. Ribbs, he made his name in open wheel racing. Um, and he w- actually won the championship, the Formula Ford championship overseas back in 1976. That's how he got the invitation to go and race in the Talladega race. He also went on to win the Rookie of the Year in 1983, racing in the Trans Am series, which he was a beast in. And I never could find the exact number of wins that he had. I know he never won a championship. I know he came in, he came in second, I believe, a couple of times to his teammate for the championship. But And I want to say he had about 17 wins in the Trans Am series. But that's where he really made his name at. He also was the very first black to race in the Indy 500. He attempted the first time, but his car was so bad. You know, it was, again, it was a, as he put it, it was a racist thing, a racism thing where they just refused to make sure that he had a proper safe car. His car was, I believe it was 10, 12 miles slower than everybody else's. And That was because the the white members of the team, they refused to communicate with him and work on the car. So he never got a chance to run in that first race. But he later came back a couple of years later and he raced in a car that was the money was put up by Bill Cosby, believe it or not. And that's what gave him a chance to become the first black driver to ever compete in the Indianapolis Five Hundred. There's a Netflix um, documentary that's currently, currently out about Willie T. Rips. Um, it's called Uppity. It's very entertaining. Um, gives you a lot of the background on, on Mr. Rips. I encourage you to go check that out also. And the last driver that I want to talk about is the current driver that's the current black driver that's racing full time on the NASCAR circuit. And that's a 29-year-old gentleman from Mobile, Alabama, by the name of Darnell Bubba Wallace. Bubba, as he's more commonly known, drives full-time for the Richard Petty Motorsports team. And if you don't know who Richard Petty is, you know, he's basically the king of NASCAR. I believe he has over 200 victories um, in NASCAR. His dad was one of the original participants in the sport. And Richard went on to, like I say, become the king of NASCAR. Um Bubba happens to compete in all three divisions, three the highest divisions within the NASCAR ranks, and that would be the NASCAR Trucks races, um the Xfinity Series, which is like the middle series, and then you have what are known as the Cup Cars, which is where all the money is at in NASCAR. And he has competed in all three of those series and in total he has 6 wins, 65 top 10s, five poles among all three divisions he managed to finish second in the daytona 500 back in 2018 now how bubba falls into everything that's going on in t- in society today and i believe he was part of the reason why nascar decided to make this decision to get rid of the confederate flag i'm sure by now we've all heard of the whole, the george floyd incident um the gentleman that was killed by the minneapolis police officer in the whole protest and everything that has come about out of that with the Black Lives Matters movement. Well, Bubba decided that he was going to have his car sponsored by Black Lives Matter. And he raced this year with, with that all over his car as his sponsor. I mean, they didn't pay him any money or anything, but he felt that it was something that he needed to do to make a point, to make a statement. And during that race, he also wore a T-shirt that said, I can't breathe. And it was Bubba who has sparked a lot of the changes that are going on in NASCAR right right now. Um, but before I get into that, I want to also mention another gentleman because what people don't know, blacks contribute quite a bit to NASCAR. Not necessarily on the driving side, like Bubba, or on on the team ownership side, but there are black team members that work on the cars that works. That work in the shops, the race team shops. And there's one gentleman in particular by the name of Richie Parker, who was an engineer for Richard Childress Racing. And what makes Mr. Parker so so interesting is that he designs parts and race cars with his feet. He has no arms. (laughs) He has no arms. But he's designing race cars and all the parts with his feet on his computer. And he's been an engineer with the uh, children's racing team for almost 10 years now. ESPN did a great piece on Mr. Parker. I encourage you to go on, on YouTube and check it out. It was very interesting. Quite inspiring to see this young man who has no arms go out and chase his dreams the way he has. Um, So there has been a number of blacks, not nearly enough, that have played significant roles in the history of NASCAR. NASCAR as an organization, removing the flag is the first step. But when you think about NASCAR nowadays as a corporation, they have no choice but to remove that flag. NASCAR is not the same NASCAR that it was back in the 50s, the 60s, hell, even the 70s and 80s. It is now a corporate sport. Big corporations run NASCAR with their sponsorships of each race team. They're putting in millions and millions of dollars. A lot of these corporations are becoming more and more socially conscious. And, and, and as a result of that, I'm sure they do not want to be associated with the Confederate flag or any other symbol that's going to harm their brand if they're going to participate in this sport and because there is so much money coming from these companies nascar has no choice but to continue making changes and one of the ways that they're doing that is with their drive for diversity program it's designed to attract more minority drivers owners sponsors and of course fans and i think until they can really change the the fans' mindset and change their fan demographics, it's going to be a struggle for them because just this 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 whole incident removing the flag, they received a shitload of pushback and negativity from those hardcore fans of NASCAR from the South. They do not want to see that flag removed for whatever reason, but in my opinion. If NASCAR wants to move forward with the times, they have no choice but to continue making these types of changes. And as far as Mr. Cicerelli is com- is concerned, like I said, sir, you don't have to wait till the end of 2020 to leave. You can get your ass out now. You won't be missed. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, Mr. Cicerelli, don't let the doorknob hit you in the ass on the way out. Please leave me your comments your thoughts on this subject. Let me know what you think. Also, again, please subscribe if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast. Appreciate the support. And y'all take care. Bye.